Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. All right, welcome to uh, another episode of the Access VFX podcast. I'm here with lots of dads from the VFX industry. So this is part of our um, Meet the Parents series. We've just met with um, a lot of mothers from the VFX industry. That's not a terminology for mothers, mothers <laughs> but actual mothers. And I'm here with a group of um, VFX fathers um, from a range of different studios. So what I thought I'd do is, rather than me introducing you and shouting you out, I thought you could all introduce yourselves Hi, um, I'm Sylvain. I'm an R&D supervisor at DDEG. I've got uh, two daughters, one's two, and the other one's just turned seven. Cool. Thanks, Sylvain. Hi, yeah, I'm uh, Henry. I'm head of design at the mill. Um, I've got two boys, uh, one who's five and one who is ten months. Wow. Nice. Thank you, Henry. Hi, I'm Noel. I work at Union Visual Effects as a generalist. Um, I've got two daughters, one's five and one is 18 months. Brilliant, thank you. Hi there, I'm Mark Payne. I'm from DNEG and I'm a senior compositor. I have two children who are 12 and uh, nine. Brilliant, thank you, Mark. Uh, hi, I'm Steve Greaves. I work here at the mill in technical operations and I've got one boy who's 16 months old. Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Uh, my name's Tom, co-founder of Blue Zoo, and I've got two daughters who are six and four. Brilliant. I mean, I'm a dad as well. I'm a host, and I've got a little boy who's five and a half. So, yeah, we're in good company here. So, um, there's a number of reasons why we've pulled this podcast together. What's quite interesting is when I put the word out um, to get as many volunteers uh, as possible for this parent podcast, I almost envision this podcast being part mums, part dad, we might maybe get about five people around the table, a mix of different kind of parental roles, and the amount of fathers that came forward, I mean, at the mill alone, was staggering, and I've mm. got a feeling that this might be the beginning of a bit of a, a, bit of a, a series, and there's a number of uh, gentlemen who couldn't make this podcast down, which was down mostly to a lot of parental issues, whether it be uh, unwell children, or um, uh, one of the guys just had to run to pick his kid up from nursery, so it's a really, really interesting conversation. To get us into this podcast, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, a lot of you have been in the industry a long time now, is working in visual effects reputationally gets associated with kind of long, arduous hours, demanding clients, ever-changing goalposts, a pretty heavy social calendar as well in terms of social life. There's a, a implied drinking culture in visual effects, if that's fair to say as well. And what I've written down here is a, an imbalanced work-life balance. So um, how on earth do you make it work as a, a, a good dad? I mean, that's an open question. I'm going to throw it out. Who wants to take it? I think it's a case of trying to balance it, really, and trying to find that balance of, um, uh, we were briefly talking about it earlier, of the expectations of what work you want to do and what you can do in the time you have and trying to be a, a dad. And yeah. it's almost like two jobs you're trying to yeah. do. So it's like you're being a dad and you're doing your day job of, for example, being a compositor. So yeah. it's like it's balancing that out, really, and kind of making, yeah. seeing how you can make it work. I suppose on the, on the work side of things, I've learned that it's okay to say no. Yeah. Um, 
I think, like you mentioned, the, the, the pressure to not only perform your task as an artist, but then to perform outside of that, socialising, whether it be with yeah. prospective clients or you know co-workers. I think it, it took me a while to find the confidence to, not continually, but say no more often than yes, probably. Because the reality is if you do that, you know, more than once or twice a week, you're, mm. I don't think you're really giving the, your family side to your life the, the yeah. due care and attention. You have to take a bit of control back. It's important to realise that you've only got one family yeah. and, or maybe you've got more, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> compared to jobs, you know, it is, um, it's, it's so important to put family first yeah. and, and to kind of realise that um, your kids are only young once as well. Yeah. So yeah. even if you're kind of like putting your, uh, your kind of career on, not on hold, but maybe stopping it from, from going to like 100% yeah. to, so you don't miss out on your, on your children's kind of upbringings. Because I know like yeah. some parents or some kids who say like they never, they never saw their, their dad when they were young because they were working all the time. So I'm yeah. very keen to try and find every single way of balancing it. So that's, that's not the case. So I think it's just good to, to keep in mind you, your children are kind of finite, but jobs aren't mm. effectively. Yeah, there's almost. What, what age is it when, when kids stop stop to stop needing you? It must be around like. I'm hoping nine. seven or eight. But yeah, right? <laughs> I know one of our trainers kind of said, you know, enjoy. Even he told me this years ago. I work in LD here at the mill, so I work with lots of training providers, and he said, you know, make the most of them. But by the time they become eight or nine, they're like, right, don't need you now. I've got my social life, got my mates, and that's quite a short window when you, you just are just need your money. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a different yeah, different demands of kind of uh, more emotional and, uh, yeah. like I say, cash, yeah. cash that they're after. So. <laughs> <laughs> So do you work full time? Do you um, does anybody work a kind of have a flexible working uh, arrangement? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of, because um, well, because I'm pretty much just starting out in the industry really. I mean, yeah. I've been here two, three years now, but it kind of still feels I'm starting out a bit. Um, okay. And I have to do a, I'm doing a compositing course at Escape Studios at yeah. the moment as well, so I have to kind of, kind of juggle that. But luckily, um, Lance, my manager, is like he's managed to. He's allowed me to adapt my hours around my okay. shift when I need to, um, which is actually quite good because, like for example, like this week I'm doing night shift, so I'll be in four till one like every mm -hmm. day. But that means I get to sleep on all day, so that's cool. Wow. But um, so I make up for it in a certain extent, and then like sometimes it'll be a solid week where like it'll just be intense work. But then um, my manager is very reactive to like that sort of thing, like my needs and like me kind of. Okay juggle those crazy hours like so if I'm doing a night shift in future let me come in at one do my right. work um go to college come back do the rest of my shift and That's cool. it it all depends on other members of the team as well stepping in and covering for me and like um they've been great as well like stepping up uh, when I need to be and recognizing like so there's a certain need and support that they have they don't have to but they've like provided it anyway I think just by being flexible and uh letting me adapt my hours and then adapt theirs around my shifts and stuff. Okay, so you've got that kind of support, supportive network hub within your team and yeah, I don't forget yeah. about any family yeah. or, or external kind yeah. of network. That's I mean, luckily as well, my, uh, my wife, she yeah. um, she's also works in the industry, so she knows how, like, how it goes, how I need to train and what I need to do and everything else. So she's very supportive, very understanding with that okay. type of thing. So your relationship sounds like it's more of a, an understanding between you and your manager and your team, so that your, your hours flex depending on 
what's happening in your life, particularly with like yeah, I always do my four hours course. every week. It's just every now and then it's a flex. Yeah, right, basically. Okay, what about uh, Mike B, Mark? What's your deal? Oh, well, I'm currently working part time, and I'm job sharing with uh, nice. Judy Ball, who is on the Mothers. Yes, uh, of course. Yeah. Yes, and we kind of uh, at a point where we're kind of sharing work between us. So she'll work from say a Monday to Wednesday, and then we'll kind of pick up her work from the Wednesday to the Friday. But we kind of have our own work in between. Yeah, and also sometimes working close with the supervisors, it's a case of. Right, seeing what work we can get in the time done and handing it back and forth and some other people go where you pick up their work so yeah. between us we're trying to make sure it's always covered that this work gets done really so it's really helpful we've got a really good line producer um, to help us kind of schedule the work along with the um, production on the actual films we're working on so it's very kind of good tight um, way of working together really yeah. Brilliant, yeah, particularly, I mean, you don't hear about a lot of uh, compositors um, operating a, a job share, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very rare and it's, um, it's, it's good that they're allowing that at DNEG, it's yeah, really, amazing. really positive and it's, it's good that, like I said, my manager David Coleman's allowing us to do that and to kind of encourage that. That's what's interesting to know is if it can be rolled out in us doing it there, that if other companies are doing it elsewhere. Exactly. And what's quite interesting, like you were saying before, that I think if you're doing it for other people, and you're saying people helping you pick up the work, it's yeah. like, well then, they at some point will want to have children potentially themselves, yeah, so then they'll yeah, like, yeah. actually, if I do this and help that person out, yeah. who's a dad, potentially, there's an opportunity for me to carry on working within this industry, yeah. um, and kind of progress my career and, and, and stay within the industry, because it felt like a long, well, 10 years ago, that wasn't really as possible, yeah, totally. or it felt like you, and it still feels now, there's not too many dads doing it, yeah. but it feels like in, it's happening more and more and there's a bit of a snowball effect. It's really. great to hear, I mean, it sounds quite trailblazing, but also quite yeah. a lot of pressure for you to get it right. Yeah, so I think so. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, it's kind of, yeah, it's trying to make it juggle it and make it work really, and it's kind of the support of everyone else. So it's, it's a team really of making, yeah. it, making it work together. So. I imagine with, uh, with the job share, I mean, your, communisca your communication, <laughs> your communication um, ability needs to be heightened because you've got to Completely. both be on the same page yeah. and still deliver, but you're two different humans. Yeah, right? definitely, yeah, and you're kind of uh, really having to know what the overall supervisor's wanting for that shot and how yeah. to be there, which is really good having the crossover that you kind of can then be in the daily sessions knowing what's been done and what needs doing yeah. and then pick up the work and push it along. Um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, it's good, it seems to work pretty well. Thanks, Mark. Well, I'd like to come back to the, um, the job share conversation, but yeah, let's same. keep keep it chugging along the line. So, about you, Noel, what's your, uh, do you have a flexible working relationship? Um, it's, it's not... Relationship? Oh, no. <laughs> my, my relationship. What's your relationship with flexible working? <laughs> with my flexible... It's not as, as kind of sort of extreme, as yeah. the way I say it. it, sounds scary, but it's not as extreme as, uh, as what, what you guys have um, in terms of, you know, part-time or being able to kind mm. of reshuffle your hours. Like I haven't particularly asked for anything to to be very different apart from my hours to start mm. earlier, and finish, okay. finish, uh, finish earlier, so I can get home earlier to help with like bedtime and stuff like that. Mm. So there's, but I do know that it is people. Other people have different hours in the company, but yeah. generally it seems to be a shift rather than a kind of yeah. sort of break up of your hours or sort of mix match to suit. But I think that's a thing that. Is a conversation you can have, but mm. it's uh, something I haven't haven't done. 
Yeah, um, it's almost a balance between what I'm hearing is you've got kind of that there's an understanding yeah. and there's a, there's a respect and yeah if you need to leave early or, or come in later because of you know, yeah like that's, care that's totally thing. fine like I've um, the two owners of the company both have kids so they yeah. totally understand right. what's happening and you know if you need to leave that's fine if you need to come in late that's fine right. you know that's the the main thing but the job gets generally they, in terms of deadlines and stuff like that sometimes I do have to work late and yeah. my wife understands that and yeah, but it's I tend to leave bang on time you know so that's that's something that I do and people seem to not care too much about yeah. it so cool that's fine yeah but I think in terms of the flex time it's it's making sure everyone knows why that you might not be there so no one's going oh where's where's he gone you yeah. know and it's um which can cause problems when people are thinking oh they're, they're, they're never around when it's yeah. like well, they are they just might not be around yeah. the same hours that you are yeah. so and then that can cause kind of uh friction when people think not everyone's mm. pulling the same weight but they are it's yeah. just not visible yeah there's yeah. a lot of perception and assumption involved right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay so what about you henry how do you make things work flexibly very similar situation really, it's sort of informal, uh, just a few days a week I will offset my hours so I'll come in earlier uh, and in turn get home earlier so I can actually see my kids, I have quite a long commute, three yeah. hours a day, so you know if I don't do that, the days I don't do that I don't really see them because yeah. I've gone before they've woken up and I'm yeah. home after they've gone to bed, so yeah it, it, it's very supportive here for me to be able to do that, yeah. but it, to, to your point that you just made, I think it, I kind of felt at the beginning like I needed to tell everybody in my studio so that I wasn't that person that was yeah. just knocking off early because obviously they didn't see me when I was there an hour yeah. or so early. Yeah. So yeah, there was that kind of feel like you have to justify your hours to everybody to make sure it's fair. I think there's kind of in the past, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody in particular, but there are sort of the younger artists or members of the team they do sort of question every now and again, you know, well, how come you're getting a different deal just because you've got kids? That's your decision that you've made to have kids. How is that? Why does that affect me? So, as, you know, like I said, as long as you're getting the job done and I think everybody knows and you're open mm. about it and yeah. you've got a supportive company, it works. Mm. Yeah. I think it's like similar to what the mothers were saying earlier when like someone was saying, oh, you, it must be nice having a, uh, you know, two days off every week. And it's like, yeah. well, going home to deal with screaming kids, it's not, it's not your idea of uh, what, you know, what a, a day off is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, not a day job. Off. No. It's not a day off. <laughs> yeah. Sylvain, do you have a flexible working relationship? Um, in, in a way, yes. So, I mean, I, I work in R&D, so um, in that sense, I have maybe a more privileged position than uh, some of you in the sense that I'm not directly affected by, you know, show deadlines. Um, I don't tend to work, um, you know, weekends or mm. late nights. For example, it's very much sort of nine to six or ten to seven um, kind of job but even then uh, even taking that into account once you factor in the the commute at either end mm. uh, you know it's very difficult to balance you know yeah. home life and, and work life in that way of course um, so for example I tend to do um, drop off at school in the morning so I leave um, essentially uh, school at nine which means I get to work for ten so technically, I you know should be leaving at seven, yeah. which means I won't be home until eight. By you know, at which point, basically, bedtime is very much done. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've basically seen my kids mostly in the morning, and it's not exactly been quality time. It's been sort of rushing them to <laughs> get ready, brush their yeah. teeth, get their breakfast, and so on. <laughs> um, and also, it obviously puts a lot of um, 
um, or stress on, on my partner because she's the one who has to do all the pickups mm. and look after them after school and so on. Uh, so one way we've kind of uh, tried to make it work is that um, twice a week I will leave work early um, and pick up the kids oh, that's nice. and um, two days um, to compensate for that I would work late. Yeah. But you know, you leave work early and you cannot get the feeling that everybody's looking at you and like you're you know slacking off again and that kind of yeah. thing. And at the same time, when you get home late, you haven't seen your kids, so it's, mm. it's not really a good feeling either. Yeah, I mean, it's something I want to unpick actually on this. I mean, I've got a number of questions around kind of you know almost that feeling of guilt, both kind of at work in terms of having to prove yourself because you know there might be a perception you're not doing the full, you know, mm. clock in, clock out, kind of nine to five, because people don't see you like doing that long commute or coming in early or staying, you know, staying late doing emails on trains or whatever. But equally, if you don't get to see, I mean, I can sympathize with that. I mean, I do the drop off three days a week mm. and that's pretty much all I see of my, my son all week. And then I'm a I'm classic weekend dad. So then you have the, the, the associated guilt with that. So then your weekends are like, right, I'm going to be the <laughs> ultimate father. Um, and nobody can be that, right? So I guess my first question is, do you think there's a, an unconscious discrimination against parents broadly? Because it's not when we talk about discrimination, particularly in kind of like the diversity space and all the work we do with access VFX, we tend to focus on issues of gender, issues of um, race, issues of sexuality. We rarely talk about discrimination when it comes to kind of parents. In, in a way, uh, although I don't think it can be avoided, but um, for example, I know that academia have this kind of concept of um, family-friendly meeting hours, which um, at the very least at DNAG is not something that really exists for the good reason that we have mm. offices in Vancouver. Say, so for example, we only have a two-hour overlap at the yeah. end of the day. So any meetings that involve Vancouver have to happen then, which obviously means that if I have to pick up kids that day, I can't go to those meetings, for example. Mm. Uh, but I don't really see a way to work around that. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I've experienced like any unconscious bias, like particularly like personally myself at the moment. Um, but I definitely think there's a disadvantage at times in that, uh, for example, uh, if I want to go train, I can I can do maybe a few hours a week or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you, if you've got some young guy that's just young guy or girl that's just come out of uh, yeah. uni straight into the job that's going for the same type of junior role that I am, they can basically sleep in the building and just work yeah, yeah. yeah, like non-stop. Whereas I kind of like have to, like say, I can put in a few hours a week here and there and everything else. Um, so it may appear on surface that I'm not doing as much to get into a certain position that I want to get into. Like, yeah, because I guess historically when you're starting out, well, yeah, I'm not saying you're starting out, Steve, you've been in the game a few years now, right? But well, yeah, when, when you start yeah. out, there's an expectation that you go hell for leather, you know, round the clock, especially in VFX, right? When yeah. Training, yeah. When you come through the running program. Yeah. There's an expectation that, you know, you do your client service job, which is a kind of shift pattern, a nine mm. to five or comparable shift pattern. And then you're expected to train outside of that shift pattern. So that's mm. a lot of... Yeah. Man, yeah, man, and then it kind of like every now and then it goes back to what Henry was saying about like people are like, well, you know, you chose to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's also um, what makes it tricky is it's not just um, 
it's not just being uh, a dad, but it's being a partner as well. Yeah. So you've got yeah. the kind of yeah. the three things mm-hmm. to yeah. juggle, yeah. which often le- often's not kind of discussed. Mm-hmm. Where it's and it's, it's very hard to, to find enough hours in the day, but vital to, <laughs> to make sure that you you are. And yeah. so I find one of the the tricky things for me is in terms of kind of career wise is doing that extra development and learning new things, which just mm-hmm. traditionally I do outside work maybe a bit the weekend but the weekend is all about the kids yeah. so there's there's no yeah. like spending a Sunday afternoon learning a new bit of tool or bit of software yeah. and I, th- I found that's probably the biggest change I've had in the fact that there is there is zero spare time to do all of that things between yeah. those yeah. those three different yeah. things yeah. To, that are very important to do, to do it, it generally happens late at night like once everyone's asleep and you know you're totally just on your own in terms of you know yeah. you need you need to concentrate and it's sometimes it's hard to with a family anyway to find space and time to to do stuff like that so yeah so how do you how do you level yourself then so let's say you know we talked about the two jobs right you've mm-hmm. got the day job the work where you bring your best self to work and then you've mm-hmm. got your family life and you become the best father you can be when you have that pocket of time that hour here, that hour there, that half an hour there, you know, how do you stay grounded, sane, you know, it's a question around self-care, how do you, how do you keep sane amid all of this madness? <laughs> I don't know if you do, to be honest, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tell, you're kind of, it's just a juggling act that you're kind of managing these different roles and, um, and just going back to what I was saying earlier about communication, just communicating with everyone and kind of making sure everyone's in the loop with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you're saying about kind of another part of being a dad and your, your, your job and is that kind of communication you have with your partner, it mm. becomes really quite tight and it's a different bond you have in that yeah. sense of kind of trying to make it all work and, and also realise that your partner potentially could have uh, their own ambitions and their own yeah. job that they want to yeah. then kind of carry through as, um, which is kind of where my, I'm at with... With my wife is that she's kind of got her own career and had it before having children now yeah. she's going back to that and it's, I'm trying to then support that as well so it's yeah. this kind of juggling out to doing all of those um, knowing that it's not always going to be like this that's the thing it's always in the back of your mind yeah. and that's what I think keeps you sane is that yeah. bit where you're like actually it does change and what's great with kids is such a great gauge of time is that you go through all the different stages and you're like okay right this is really tough okay but this is fun this bit's actually really tough but then it, and it gets better and it gets easier and I think that's those are the things that it's kind of those little moments you can't kind of put a pin on it all the time but it's just small moments that, yeah. that are worth it and kind of you are being stretched really thinly but it's, yeah. it's, it's worth it I found uh, the biggest way to deal with it what I found is to go out running the mother said that as well yeah, yeah. but previous to being a father I never ran at all <laughs> and now I find it's a nice nice lovely way to go to, you know get up early and uh, go for a jog for an hour listening to yeah. a, an Access VFX podcast. Or <laughs> as I say, just a good one to run to. <laughs> but just having that time where you've just got nothing else to, to think about and you can just go and clear your head and it's, you know, and it's great mentally and physically. So it's literally, there's, there's no downsides yeah. apart from nearly taking too long and missing taking my daughter to preschool last week because I, I was too slow. <laughs> Um, a lot of you have mentioned communication. This isn't in my kind of preordained questions that I sent around. Uh, we've all talked about communication. And when we go out to schools and colleges and, and unis through Access VFX, we talk about the soft skills required for visual effects, not just about the craft, for example. Mm. 
And I think when you're a parent, you know, you've got to manage so much communication, right? Because you've got to, particularly we talk about job sharing, yeah. you've got to communicate with your job share, you've got to communicate with, with obviously your, your spouse and your significant other, then there's the kids. And then you've kind of got, when your, your, your child gets older and you get into the world of school, I mean, I'm experiencing it now. I mean, my, my son's just wrapping up reception and the amount of emails and parent mails and, yeah. Yeah. and events. And I mean, I mean, my wife is incredible at managing that side of things, but it stresses me out just looking at the little app you get now and there's a little red thing where there's 80 uh, messages <laughs> and it's all like home learning and, and then there's the expectation to spend more time to kind of home learn, because you, you have to home learn your child these days. I mean, not these days, but you know, my, my kids five had homework, I never had homework when I was five. So, I mean, is it fair to say that you're, you're really honing the craft of communication, which is a hugely required skill set for working in our industry, right? I mean, working in big teams, briefings, feedback. Do you think it kind of sharpens your communication skills being a parent? <laughs> it depends on how you word that like cause in some people you work with <laughs> yeah you could treat them a certain way which you might have learned from dealing with your kids <laughs> <laughs> you know but um Very nice nice nicely put <laughs> yeah. buy them an ice cream if they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah i think it definitely does overall um change change the way you, you prioritize things yeah. and you know something that you might have absolutely kind of really stressed about or worried about it isn't as bad as yeah. as it used to feel when you were like a junior and it was the end of the world if yeah. you didn't do this on time mm-hmm. so i think it puts things in perspective yeah. even the art of saying no like henry said that mentioned that earlier you know it's that's a real craft learning to say no mm-hmm. positively mm-hmm. and meaningfully with some impact and you take control of your life mm-hmm. without just telling people to do one you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i'm not doing that but you know there's a reason for it I and mean, that's empowering right mm-hmm. do, you, is, do you think that comes can only come with with being a parent? I think to some extent it comes with the perhaps the realisation that if that was the case beforehand your work is no longer the most important thing mm-hmm. um, and that makes it much easier to then say no because yes. of course you know you have this other important reason yeah so, absolutely how can because you know there's studio studios represented here for example that you know recognize the you know the commercial reasons behind um offering flexible working not just the personal reasons and the benefit to to all of us sitting around the table but how can studios and managers and and you know chief executives and mds how can they do more I mean, what advice would you give industry when it comes to you know looking after parents and, and offering because you know being a parent isn't just about flexible working right i mean it's a it's a bigger subject well actually to stay on the topic of flexible working mm-hmm. i mean when i when i first thought about these issues um i was told well you, you can work part-time mm-hmm. the thing is i i don't want to work less i certainly don't want to be paid less not with the mortgage and you know kids yeah, and nursery yeah which is like a second mortgage um so you know, looking at the numbers, the really the only way to significantly cut cut down on the time spent away from home, not necessarily at work, but away from home, is to cut down the commute. Mm. And working from home is not something that is really readily available yeah. Um, yeah. in the industry. I feel. Yeah. Why do you think that's the case? Because it came up on the uh, the mothers podcast episode as well. Because, you know, I mean, I use the example, I mean, I'm going to say it again, I mean, I'm repeating myself from the last episode, people see through it and they listen. But, you know, my, I talk about my wife where she works a day from home and, you know, she logs on at like six in the morning before my son wakes up and she's working and then she'll kind of 
get getting ready for school take and then she come back and she do a bit and then she do something else and yeah it was almost like the, the nine to six is prolonged over a longer period of time I remember our former head of talent used to do US calls with you know LA New York and Chicago at like nine o'clock at night from home because she, she occupied a group role now there's, there's an obvious benefit to offering homeworking but do you think there's an issue of do you think there's a a assumption involved or you know is there a stereotyping involved when it comes to offering homeworking the assumption you're going to be sure. sitting on your playstation when you're at home or just kicking back and watching netflix i mean nobody can sustain that long term right because your performance will suffer obviously mm. so why do you think it isn't offered more widely i think not obviously this isn't for every role in the industry but so so many of the roles are creative and so much of the feedback and sort of conversation is around very sort of minor creative detail that even when we're working with you know freelancers that are off site that are, you know used to doing that and a professional that doing that yeah sometimes it just takes that extra iteration you know that need to get it right or that little bit longer so it's maybe it's a communication thing as well it's becoming skilled at that but i think because of the nature of the creative feedback that we experience, it becomes very difficult if that person isn't there, even seeing your gesticulation or the sketch that you're drawing. I know mm. there are obviously uh, solutions for like Skype and you know, Google Hangouts and things, but I don't think that there is a real replacement yet yeah. for that. For and that creative yeah, exchange. Yeah, I think there's something that it's, it's difficult to sort of verbalise, but yeah, no, that makes sense. when you're... Yeah, I was going to say, you know, obviously studios do deal with that when they're working with, you know, different branches in Vancouver and Montreal and, you know, in India and wherever. So I think they're obviously, the, the studios uh, are happy to do that. So it's a case of trying to get that buy-in from the kind of parental perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's a case of everyone working together, I think, to, to make people realise it is purely a communication thing. So finding the best ways to resolve those problems really um, and I think on the um, note on the uh, remote working mm. I mean a lot of studios do work with freelancers as well that do remote working so I think it, a lot of the time it comes down to the client you're working with mm. where if you're working with a, a Marvel or someone then they, yeah, may, they may not allow it yeah. uh, whereas um, the, like the work we do at Blue Zoo is not the same level of kind of security so a lot of our artists can work from home and you know I, I do one day a week yeah. working from home so it, it kind of depends on what what studio and what project you work in depending on what level of security it is as well yeah. so there's, there's a few different issues there yeah, yeah I think the security argument gets used quite a lot but you know when you, when you look at it there's a lot of companies like you know, in banking, for example, or you know, sort of KPMG, those kind of kind of places that allow their staff to work from home. Mm. Uh, so, and they obviously handle sensitive, mm. sensitive yeah. data as well. So it's not. I'm sure it's not impossible. But yeah. you, I think you, you're right. Get back to your point. The collaborate, collaborative aspect of the work is more difficult when everybody's kind of isolated from everybody else. And I think more now there's there's you know there's whole teams that are spread across the world. So I think the world is moving to more that kind of remote collaboration. So I think it's just a time thing rather than something that will yeah. never happen. For us to I get hope. better at it, I think, yeah. you know, because you know we have several offices, and even between offices and a company that's been going for you know twenty odd years, mm. it still doesn't work every time. And mm. it, you know, 
it's really that experience, those little experiences that you're learning from, that you implement on the next yeah. time that you're doing a big project uh, across time zones. Yeah, I think you're right. Time is the <laughs> the key to learning yeah. that communication. Yeah, and the technology will adapt to that kind of thing as well, right? Because I, you know, I imagine in another ten, maybe ten years, I mean, the bricks and mortar studio may be a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, you know, there's these shared workspaces now. There's mm. And there's more and more people being set up at home, you know, in studio. Even I mean, there's always the argument of you know artists um, being set up at home, like a two D compositor, for example. Yeah. You, you need the kit, right kit, but yeah. you know. Well, it's it's interesting to say that because there are, there are studios. I know Jellyfish is doing that a lot, where they have all of their kit just located in a in a server room somewhere, and then you can just remote in. So it's not even a case yeah. of having to have this, you know, hefty workstation oh, at home to be able to do compositing at home. You just remotely connecting in, so it just comes down to how good your broadband is really. So that is definitely happening more and more in the industry. We've got um, the Crush we put Hunter in at the moment. It it provides, uh, it's for freelance, it's primarily for for freelancers. Uh, So you get, you put them in the Crush, but with the the bill and everything else, you get like um, a space to remote and a workspace and everything that they keep separate but next door to the crush yeah. and they also provide like uh, spaces for meetings so if you need to have a meeting or anything else like people can come down and meet you at there like they've got kitchens and facilities and everything else for drinks and all that kind of thing so you can actually yeah. work from there so that type if that type of thing like becomes more sort of mainstream is the hours of pay as you go as well so it's like you can drop them in drop them out rather than just paying for a block of a day or anything like that it's uh, quite forward thinking isn't it yeah do you want to shout out the nursery yeah cuckoo's nest cuckoo's nest there you go anybody Maybe. listening wants to get involved nice yeah. cheeky shout out Maybe. but also <laughs> i was thinking um we did a master class with victor perez the 2d artist hello victor if you're listening and he came and did a master class for us so he had a new call on the laptop mm-hmm. you know there's an assumption that you right. needs to be full-blown like, you know, nerve center, you need almost mm. a room in your house for it. And he turned up just with a standard, not standard, a very expensive laptop <laughs> with Nuke on it. So I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of narrow mindedness potentially mm. out there around I think a lot of it comes down to basically talent. It's like, yeah. if you want to keep hold of talent at these companies and you want the best talent around, then hopefully within the future they'll kind of right, allow us to, or if you want to work remotely. But I think yeah. it's kind of having that experience for a lot really yeah recognising talent and no. I guess trust as well well that's a big thing yeah trust and also kind of I think I've like, found in the past is kind of someone who trusts you can actually leave you to get on with it and trust you to do mm. the job and get it to a standard like maybe 80-90% of the way there and then when you're saying about the iterations then you'd be like yeah. right okay you're kind of doing small tweaks and changes near the end but I was, I was just going to say it, it might actually be a benefit of the fact that there's so much work flying around that means yeah. there's a skill shortage Definitely. which means studios will have to accommodate yeah. the yeah. ways that yeah. the parents yeah. need to work yeah. so yeah. that that is kind it's, of a, a positive happening. byproduct yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I think what's interesting like saying having the working off um, using new kind of laptop you'd still need a render farm but now yeah. there is the technology that allows you to use a remote render farm to yeah. send your work off to actually do that and that's te- technology is mm. catching up so fast now that yeah. it's actually I think it's closer than we think it may be. So. You think there's something quite old-fashioned in, I mean, I'll put it out there, around working hours? Because, I mean, it came up on the, uh, the Mother's podcast as well, and it obviously came up in this one, around, you know, if I come in later, I work later, and this whole culture of presenteeism doesn't necessarily mean you're delivering. I mean, surely it should be about do you get the job done or not, right? I mean, coming back to trusting people to work remotely, like a day here, a day there from home, I mean, as long as you deliver, do you necessarily have to fulfil the you know, the 39, 40 hour working week. It just feels quite draconian to me mm. in this day. I think it's a kind of a 
it links back to kind of the industrial revolution when you kind of clocked <laughs> in and clocked out. Yeah, totally. And you know, you sh- and if you're in a in a factory, maybe that's what you need to do. But we're fortunate we don't work in that yeah. kind of environment. So it's it's about the quality of what you're doing. And if you can do that, you know, twice as quick as someone else, then then brilliant. Why should you be penalised for that? Yeah. Mm, yeah. And the next generation coming up aren't going to want to do that. I mean, everything I'm reading about, I hate using the term millennials, but you know, this next generation of people, and they're not going to want to do that. Mm. The nine to five, you know, mm. right? Everybody in at nine, right? Or getting a quarter to log on. I'm here. It's like, a, we're not a call centre, well, right? Yeah. I found that at Blue Zero a few years ago, I had to send an email out to all the production managers saying, never send an email out to the whole studio about clocking in or clocking out by a certain time. If you've got an issue with someone kind of coming in late, then speak to them. Don't yeah, don't okay. say it to the whole company because mm-hmm. that's setting very bad tone. So I think it's that kind of culture and awareness of everyone that everyone does have different needs. So mm-hmm. don't try and kind of cast everyone into the same mold in that sense yeah. that everyone is different and has their different needs. So I want to start to kind of bring the, uh, I'm terrible at finishing podcasts, but um, I wanted to start to bring the kind of conversation to a, to a, yeah, not, not an abrupt close, but a gradual close. And we did this on the, uh, the earlier podcast. And bearing in mind, you know, we, this is a great conversation, but it's easy to forget sometimes that we've got people listening in and there's a whole audience out there, whether they have families or not, or are planning families. You know, what would be your kind of like, parting words, or I, I used the awful kind of throwback earlier, um, Jerry's final thoughts, you know, <laughs> on this podcast. Anybody familiar with Jerry Springer? I mean, I'm showing my age now. <laughs> Um, but what, what would you want to leave our listeners with, you know, whether they're in industry, trying to get to in, into industry, or they're about to become a dad? Steve? There you go, I thought I'd start with you. <laughs> um, yeah, all I'd say is that there absolutely always is a way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like, yeah, there, there always is a way to kind of get a work around something mm-hmm. or other. Um, yeah, we were both runners when we started out, me and my wife. Um, and great, yeah, we're, we're both doing, I think we're doing pretty well. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out, but I think we're doing all right, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so don't sweat it. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah it's easy. Yeah, no, no, no. But, um, yeah, like, don't ever let that hold you back from doing, like, becoming a dad. Like, yeah. your, your career, like, everybody's been saying, like, there's a career and then there's a family, and the family's yeah. always the most important thing. Of course, yeah. And there's always a work a workaround for something or other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a case of asking for help. Basically, don't uh, don't be scared of asking for help cool. from your manager yeah. and your people advice. supervisors. I'm going to go in a random order because in the last one I went along the line, so I'm going to go all the way over here to Sylvan. <laughs> so Sylvan, what's uh, what words of wisdom do you have? Um, <laughs> I'd probably probably say that even though there there, there are ways in which just the, the nature of the business make it, you know, make being a dad and having a family quite difficult, you know, the long hours and so um, Generally speaking, as, a, as a, an, an industry, as a creative industry, uh, it's probably more open to the idea of, you know, being family friendly and uh, being more flexible to accommodate uh, people's personal circumstances mm. than, than other industries. I think there's so many different areas that we haven't covered, like you know finances and stuff like that. But yeah, my kind of tip would be get good at spreadsheets because <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're trying to juggle, like personally for me, when when my first daughter was born, it was a lot easier than when my second was born. It was like two kids, childcare, yeah. one going to school, then wraparound care, which I didn't know anything about at the time, just sort of hit me. So it's extra extra kind of 
expenses. So I think I think in terms of we've touched on that relationship with your partner and that, but it's yeah. communication and sort of pulling in favours, you know, sort of in laws, grandparents, all that type of thing, mm-hmm. and sort of help through. But in terms of in terms of you know VFX and should you have kids, it doesn't matter what you know what um, industry you're going to work in. You're going to you're going to have kids, yeah, and you're going to deal with it. You know, you adapt. Yeah, you have to. You can't, yeah. can't send them back. You know. So. <laughs> How about you, Tom? Um, I'd say probably uh, a bit of advice is don't try and be best at everything just try try your best to be as good as you can be mm-hmm. but otherwise the, the pressure can be overwhelming mm-hmm. if you if you try and be who you were before you became mm-hmm. a parent you're, you're a different person now and that requires different mindset different spread of responsibilities so I think it's it's about trying to get a good balance rather than trying to be who you used to be plus a parent otherwise that could become too much and then just yeah. Uh, yeah, end in a bad place when you get just kind of crazy stressed out from everything. It's too much pressure is put on anyone, isn't mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tom. Henry. Um, God, I've been thinking about what I can say. <laughs> um, I mean, I said it earlier, practice saying no. Yeah. I think that's a really uh, that's important advice. part. But also, I think we're at a really, we're seemingly at a really good time now where this, this mm-hmm. kind of conversation is actually beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. The awareness of of parents is, is much, you know, in the industry is much greater. So, you yeah. know, if it's not being spoken about already, vocalise it to your managers, see what the companies that you work, you work yeah. for can do to help you. Absolutely. And share this podcast with share your, your podcast, boss, right? Yeah. There's some, some nuggets here. Yeah. So we're going to finish with a bang with, with Mark. Have you got something good for us? <laughs> uh, no, no pressure. Um, I think it's just, just to expand really what we've all been saying really and kind of get used to being spread really thinly yeah um and as i said earlier it's just try and enjoy it it's like it's it's these are some moments as they get older yeah um that you think are going to go on forever but they don't and it's just yeah try and enjoy it and kind of have the support networks around you to help with certain problems you may hit um yeah i think it's yeah support networks and mm. and try and enjoy enjoy the moment enjoy the moment that's a that's a nice uh comments to, to, to finish on. Um, I'd just like to thank all of you guys. Thank you so much for getting involved in this. It's a really important conversation. I don't think it's a conversation that happens a lot. I think it happens a lot in, within studios, but this feels like the first time we're kind of getting this out there for the masses. So I think it's the beginning of a longer conversation, potentially a series of episodes, so we might ask you back. Um, but we'll say a big thank you to Noel, Steve, Henry, Sylvan, Mark. And of course, Tom, for both being part of the podcast and recording it as well. Tom, so thank you. Hopefully. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you guys and thank you for listening. Cool. As well. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening, and until next time, bye.